Bearing Nation, how we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks, talk about what it takes to launch, create, and scale businesses across the world. Hey, y'all, how we doing? Rob Napoli here, the host of the Bear Necessities Podcast, and I'm excited uh, to bring you today's episode. Um, in fact, today's episode is the first episode of season two. As y'all have uh, maybe known, if you're you know a tier one A player and have been with me since the very beginning, or you know if you're joined me along the journey somewhere in the middle, or you're just finding me now, I want to thank you for being a part of the show. We are kicking off season two. We've been going for over a year now. We celebrated our one year anniversary of the pod uh, last month. I've had some amazing episodes, 63 episodes leading up till now. Guests from, I think we've got 31 countries and 15 states represented entrepreneurs from different countries, different states around the world. The idea that we show that entrepreneurship is from everywhere. We've also brought in high-level innovation managers and uh, accelerator partners to talk a little bit about the ecosystem. And that's what I'm excited about season two, right? We've continued to uh, evolve with this pod and season two is no different. We're going to continue to grow. You're going to be hearing a lot more from me doing some solo episodes. Uh, We're still going to do feature some founders and do some founder journey stories. We're going to start picking out individual topics around entrepreneurship and digging into them. We've already had a couple episodes on the power of social video content, ask an angel, um, things of that nature. So I'm excited about what we have coming up in store. I'm also going to be bringing on some guest hosts where they'll come in for a number of episodes. Uh, people you might know of or not know of, some that have current podcasts, some used to run podcasts, some aspiring podcasters. Uh, come on, well, we're going to have panel discussions and, and key topics in discovery. So it should be a lot of fun and looking forward to this new season, new edition, continued excellence, continued driving to show what entrepreneurship is. And to all the listeners across the 65 countries that are tuning in, thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. I have enjoyed it. I have learned so much, and I can't tell you how appreciative I am. That being said, I'm excited uh, to drop this episode. In fact, this episode was supposed to drop after his uh, other episodes. You're going to hear from him again. My friend Timmy Bauer uh, joined me on the show. We did a couple things. One was talking about uh, his journey of managing a business and being a founder with ADHD, ADD. That episode is going to be coming in a couple weeks. Why I like this one is I wrote a book on this topic. And one of the things that Timmy uh, shared with me that he is tired of seeing people um, social selling. And so I wanted to dig in what that means because I wrote a book called The Social Soul all about uh, building your personal brand so that you can leverage that into relationships. And we get into, you know, that dreaded connect and pitch mentality and dreaded always talking about social selling and using social like email when the way we leverage social and the way that we create relationships, build value and sell comes in different forms. So without further ado, I'm excited to introduce you to uh, Timmy Bauer, who is just an amazing um, human and person. Uh, we were introduced through a uh, mutual friend, Anna Libel, who is a guest of the show. And um, she had met me and was like, yo, Rob, 
Uh, you've got to meet Timmy. Uh, the two of you will do great things. And I was like, let's do it. Um, you're only a stranger, but once, as Amy Balls would say. Um, and Timmy is the author of Lucas the Dinosaur Entrepreneur, a kid's book that teaches entrepreneurship. So what better than to have on the podcast, The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship. And he founded Dinosaur House um, with the intent to turn industry leaders into kids' book authors. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Uh, make sure after the show, um, in the show notes, to check out uh, where you can learn more. And thank you for being a part of this. Without further ado, let's get into the show. We are back again for another episode of The Bare Necessities. And I'm excited because I brought back uh, a guest of mine. Uh, we had a great podcast uh, recording earlier about his journey from Disney performer to traveling children's author to running a company that helps industry leaders write their own children's book. Timmy Bauer, thank you for coming back and joining the pod. How are you doing? Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to bring you on and, and kind of record this episode is, you know, we talked a lot about um, in, in our first episode, ADHD, ADD, and managing as a founder and, and some of those things. But we started to touch on um, the power that you've, you've built with your network and the building a value out of network. And one of the things that we did in kind of our pre-production meeting um, was uh, I asked you know, the question, what's one piece of advice that's kind of unpopular opinion these days uh, about entrepreneurship? And you said, stop social selling. And I wanted to yes. I wanted to expand upon it because I'm actually uh, doing a panel on uh, as as a panelist on social selling, and I love the idea of social selling. In fact, my book, The Social Soul, was actually called The Social Seller, and I moved that over to Social Soul because I I really don't like the idea of social selling, and I, I and I'm going to hold my my reasoning. Um, yeah. I still believe in social selling, and there's a way to do it. But I think the power comes in social engagement through value at a network and building value first before you can even sell anything. Um, but I'll tell you like the full reason behind it. But I want to ask you before I get into my reasoning, why do you think we should stop social selling? What does that mean to you? And, and can you extrapolate on that a little bit? So after I said that, I then had an interview on my podcast uh, with somebody who claimed to be the inventor of social selling. And I forget what his name was, but um, but uh, and I feel bad that I can't remember his name. Um, but he claimed to be the inventor of social selling. He like told me this story from like 2006 and him being at a conference and coming up with the idea for social selling. And um, and it was really interesting because I told him I was like, oh, that's interesting. I think that social selling is the bane of social media. Like I think it's I think it's one of the I think it's one of the worst things about social media is social sellers. Mm -hmm. And um. And, and and so the the thing is, his version of what social selling does not sound like what I'm talking about when I say social selling. Yeah. But I think what I am talking about when I say social selling matches what most people think of when you say social selling. So what most people think of when you say social selling, I think, is the bane of social media. It is the scourge of social media. It's the worst thing about having an online profile. No, I'm just probably the worst thing is is insecurity and the feelings of envy that you get when you look at other people being successful. But yeah. maybe right after that comes social selling, especially on LinkedIn. Well, um, and, and when you talk about social selling, 
what exactly do you mean? Like, what is like, what is social selling? Give me the definition of like why is it the bane of existence, especially on LinkedIn? Like, what what happens all the time? I, and I know the answer, but what happens all the time to our inboxes on LinkedIn that we hate about it? So I would say the the short answer is probably connecting with somebody for the purpose of selling to them. Um, and what it usually looks like is a, a DM, a cold DM that's like, hey, I want to add you to my professional network. And then when you accept it, they give you their pitch and they want to have a 15 minute meeting with you. Exactly. And, and I love that you say that because that happens so much, partly because we started to understand that people were stop, not reading email the same way, right? And so, oh, LinkedIn is a professional network. We're either looking for a job or looking for some sort of product or service in, in that way. And it's like, we can just connect and pitch and people are more responsive. And then we got into this, like, let's just blast it out to networks. And that's why I changed the title from social seller to, to the social soul, because I don't believe in connecting and pitching. I, I, I think that is the worst. Like, it happens to me all the time. Like, I'm happy to add people to my network. If you want to, if you think that I can provide you value or you can provide me value, connect. But the minute that I get that email within an hour or 24 hours that's pitching me on something, you're gone. I'm removing you. I'm unfollowing. I'm, I'm, I'm unconnecting. And I wrote the book, and that's why I wrote the book, The Social Soul. And I love this idea is I believe in the powers and social engagement, right? If you're going to connect with somebody, there's got to be a reasoning. And you, you shared a question in our last podcast. I don't know if you remember the question. What was the question that you, when you connect with somebody new that you think can be uh, valuable, what is the question that you always ask them? I love this question. Yeah. So one of my favorite questions to ask people is what is something that you currently suck at that a year from now you want to be great at? And I love that question. And what does that usually do? Like when people respond, what do they usually respond with? And how does that allow you to build a relationship with them? So half of the people will typically respond to something that's completely their personal life or hobby. So I get a lot of people uh, that are, you know, in their 40s and 50s, they'll say like, oh, I, I want to get better at golf. Mm -hmm. And it's like, OK, awesome. Like, clearly, that's so that's a passion for you that you're like, when I think about what I suck at that a year from now, I want to be great at it's golf. Mm -hmm. OK, cool. Like um, that, that gives me something that they care about that I can stay connected with, with them about. But then uh, that's half the people. The other half of the people will say something that's like directly related to their business, mm -hmm. them as a leader in their business. Or, you know, I need to get better at, you know, writing better LinkedIn copy. I need to get better at uh, time blocking and sticking to my time blocks. I need to get better at not taking my work stress home, like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And um, I, the reason I came up with that question is because I think that I'm naturally not good at the consistent work that it takes to grow relationships and, and maintain, build and maintain relationships. Mm -hmm. It is not one of my core strengths. One of my core strengths is communication. So I always thought that I was a natural relationship builder, but communication is just the front end of relationship building. The, 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 the long haul of it is consistently, uh, consistently reconnecting and, and making it about the other person. See, I love that. Like that speaks to my soul so much. Um, and I love that question, right? Cause it allows you to, to, to connect with them on something and tie back and develop a relationship. Cause you know, the one thing to think about is, is sales is not linear, right? And timing is everything when it comes to selling. And so maybe now is not the right time. Maybe they're connecting with you because they want to provide value to you or they can get value in your content. Maybe they're connecting with you because you know what? 
in the next quarter, they may be evaluating a new software. And because you're a salesperson at a software company that they want to connect with you now so they can have a point of reference for when they're ready. And I think it's really important that this idea of social selling needs to kind of shift to, to engagement. What I mean by that is, is how do we reach out and build a genuine relationship? And I know that in sales, there's a lot of people talking in sales right now about, um, you know, people don't want to buy from somebody they just have a relationship with, right? Like, you don't need to have a relationship with somebody to 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 buy a product or a service. That's okay, right? Like, we we I, there's there's the, the dark side of too much around a relationship because then you get in this trap that they're going to buy from you and they never do, and like that becomes a problem and and all that. But then there's this too transactional and somewhere in between. And I think you need to find where that balance is in your industry. But if you're going to leverage social and the true power of social, it's about building a network that you can tap into, that you can sell to later, that you can create um, organic conversation around first, because that organic conversation will open up the ability to ask questions, tougher questions around their, their, their business and what they need to sell. And that's why on my even on my LinkedIn, I put a line in there that I'm on the hunt for the best whiskey bar in Manhattan. And that is like anyone that's trying to reach out to me, if you want to start a conversation with me, ask me that question. Hey, what's the best whiskey bar you found in Manhattan? Why Manhattan? Why not Brooklyn? I know, and I'll answer. I know what the best whiskey bar in Brooklyn is, right? The big whiskey, <laughs> the whiskey family. Like um, if you go to any one of their bars, they got great whiskey and great vibes. It's like the best of both worlds. Um, and so I think that's really important that we need to find a way to start a conversation with somebody that's not, hey, here's my product, buy it maybe. And that just like turns so many people off in yeah. today's social media presence. I agree. Um, and I, I think I'd probably say different things depending on if you are a founder uh, and or if you are a salesperson. So like founders typically do their own sales for the first couple of years of their business or, yeah. you know, maybe the first year of their business or at least at the beginning of the business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm in that boat. Like all the revenue comes from from me selling. Yeah. Uh, that's a little bit different than being a salesperson. Um, so, so for me, it's pretty easy for me to say relationships are first, like relationships over revenue because – the business is an excuse to do real, do relationships, to do the kinds of things that I want to do when it comes to relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's easy to say that when you own the business. I own the business. Like I'm trying to influence the minds of kids. I'm trying to help parents connect more yeah. deeply with their kids over something that mom or dad is passionate about. I'm trying to help in industry influencers influence the way that kids think about, you know, different careers and think creatively about their future. So, so like, and I, I want to grow relationships with other successful entrepreneurs because I'm trying to be a successful entrepreneur. So I've got a lot of really good reasons to 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 want to pursue relationship over revenue. Yeah. Whereas if you're a salesperson, um, I, I don't 100% know how to answer that question. My hunch is still relationship over revenue, but I'm not 100% sure what that would look like as a yeah. dedicated salesperson. And I probably need to know the answer to that question. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little different, right? And, and um, one of my buddy Walker McKay has a podcast where he talked about um, relationships are not the be all in sales. And his, his theory was great. Like, and this is why I love that you, and I, I purposely share this with you to, to get your reaction the way I did, because it's different when you're a founder that sells and depending on your market, that is different. And I think that all founders should learn how to sell early in the business for a lot of reasons, which I'm, 
I have a whole training module on this. People have heard me understand why all the time. Founders, one, need to know how to sell a product because they can't sell it. How can they expect a salesperson to sell it? Two, they need to be out there listening to their clients and customers early and often. And three, how can you go sell an investor that you can go sell this company and grow it if you can't even sell the damn product to the customers you're trying to serve? So that's why I think founders need to sell. But when founders are selling, it's a different type of sale. Right. And we need it. And, and, and there's a lot of bad advice happening in the world today about sales for startups and especially sales for founders. Founders need to understand what salespeople go through. So they understand how to like do certain things like using a CRM and putting in notes and like getting out of their head and onto a system so that when they hire a salesperson later, they can learn how that works and how to do it and how to sell to these, this customer base. Um, but the way a founder sells is different than a way a salesperson, right? So if you're at a, a, an SDR at an organization of a, you know, a thousand people, the way that you're reaching out and, and connecting and, and leveraging social selling is going to be different where I don't think you need to develop as deep a relationship, but at the same point to your point, to your point here, you can't forget about they're a human and you need to treat them as such. So I think that the, the concept of a personal brand and engagement is going to be even bigger because if I'm a salesperson and I want to sell to Timmy, instead of just connecting and pitching, maybe I don't want to like build, like make you my best friend, but I could do things like engage with your content. I can shoot you a message. Hey, really love what you did with Lucas, the dinosaur entrepreneur. I think that was great. Um, where can I find it more information in, in developing a two way conversation so that when you're like, Hey, I see that you work at Salesforce. I'm actually, you know, thinking about switching over to using some of your products, what can you tell me? You know what I mean? So you become like a value-added person in their networks when they're timing, they can like, oh, I know Rob, who's the salesperson at this company. Let me reach out to him and ask the questions. And then it's like kind of a warm way to do a sale um, in a different way. So it's, it's kind of two different thinkings. And I think that that's like, we need to stop trying to jumble these things all into one. And that's why I love this topic. And I love that advice that we need to, we need to stop the idea of social selling uh, really has changed and the power is an engagement. And you need to think about when you reach out to somebody and connect with them, that you're giving them value on the other end and not just trying to pitch them a product. Um, it's the quickest way to lose, you lose respect. Um, you lose your opportunity. You lose the whole kind of viability of getting them to connect with you in the first place. So that's kind of yeah. my thought about it. Um, I, I'm I'm a huge believer in the in the approach of called content based networking. So my best friend James wrote a book called Content Based Networking, and what I love about it is it's um, on the front end about the other person. So if I if I'm connecting with somebody and I want to interview them or like make some content together, like my my agenda is. I, I think what you, I think what you've done is awesome. I want to shine the spotlight on you. I want to I want this to be about you. Well, awesome. That like the fact that that is the start of our relationship. Like the the reality for me is most of the people that I'm connecting with on LinkedIn. It's not hard for me to think like, oh yeah, they should do a kids book because they're a leader of such and such an industry, and there probably isn't a kids book for that. So like, most of the people that I'm connecting with would make a great customer of Dinosaur House. So, um, so, so naturally, like it's, it's, it's not hard for me to go like, okay, like it's pretty obvious. Like this person should be the kid's book author for, for such and such topic of book. Um, but it's not obvious to them. And like, I would love for that to become obvious to them at some point. And then if it doesn't, 
the relationship needs to, for me, needs to matter more. Um, so, so that's kind of my approach. Like content-based networking is sort of like I'll cold DM somebody, but the goal is content-based networking. I want to make awesome content together and in the process, get to I, know you. I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think needs to happen more of, even if you're a salesperson founder doing it and it, it's a little bit different in the way that it comes out. And that's why I say you don't necessarily need to build a strong relationship and be best friends, but you got to start to build a relationship in some way that is value focused first, right? And then the transaction can happen and then all these things. So what is that value that you're giving them? What is that value that you create in their network by being a part of your network? Like, why would we link up? And I'm a big fan of not needing to, like, I don't send notes when I send out contact requests because it's pretty clear if you connect with me, you understand Same. why you may be connected with me. You're either wanting to consume my content, you are somebody that I might be able to reach out to and connect the dots and sell to later, um, or that, you know, you might, you know, be able to provide me value and you can see it two way. It looks better if you connect without a message. It yeah. just looks better. It's clear. Like... Like if I'm if somebody's connecting with me and they don't have a message, I'm going to be like, who's this person? And I look at you and I'm like, you look like somebody that would yeah. be cool to connect with. But if if they're sending the message, it's like, is this yeah. really why they're connecting with me? You're kind of skeptical. So you're just kind of waiting for once you accept for that next message to come within 24 hours. That's like, hey, this is what we do. Buy from me. <laughs> um, and it's it's always kind of the, the, the same thing. Um, I think that uh, there's so much to, to learn from. And, and that's why I also... Um, I always say as, as when you build your social profile on um, LinkedIn, on Instagram, whatever, have a fun fact, have something that somebody can see. And like for you, you were used to be a Disney actor. Um, you wrote a book to connect with your brother, Tristan. Like I have so many things that I can shoot you a message. Like, hey, Timmy, why was it so important for you to connect with Tristan and write that book? Like I can start a conversation with yeah. you on seven different things based on your about me section on LinkedIn. And that's that's important. People out there, if you're using social to connect with people so that you can sell or eventually have them buy from you, make it about them first. Look at what content they post. Look at what content they engage. Engage with them in a way that shines the spotlight on them first. And then open that door up um, after the conversation has already started, a two-way conversation. And it's exactly what um, Timmy was saying. It's actually why I wanted to record this episode because I think there's so much stigma around this idea of social selling and there's so much content out there. I want to break it down because this is important to me and it's why I wrote my book. Um, so I appreciate you, you know, letting me kind of do a, a quick wrap around with you and, and answer that question. Cause I know we, we just didn't get a chance to like bring it up in the podcast. And I was like, we need to shoot a second episode. We need to bring Demi back yeah, on and talk yeah. about this because it's such guess an important topic there, I think it is. There's one other thing that kind of jumped into my brain as you were talking. And it's like one of the things that I try to do is I'll be pretty transparent with somebody if they're in my sales funnel. Like I'll be like, hey, Rob, yeah. just so you know, you're now because you said you were interested, like you're now in my sales funnel. The way you get out is you tell me that you're not interested. Like yeah. and so it's like I have this separate thing. Like we have a relationship that is like we're both people that care about these different topics in business. You have this awesome podcast. Like there's a lot of reasons for us to be in relationship that are not you're in my sales funnel, but also you're in my sales funnel, you know? So like I find that it's pretty disarming if I just tell that to the Absolutely. person and I'm like, the way you get out is you just tell me you're not interested. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The more transparency, the better. It's all about uh, intentionality and authenticity, being transparent, being open and honest. 
That's what makes us all go around. So I love it. Timmy, I appreciate you coming back on, sharing a bit more, diving into this topic. This was great. I appreciate you. Um, I will make sure to drop all your socials um, in the in the, in the the uh, comments. But uh, any shout outs you want to give on directing them where they should uh, check you out and learn more about what you're doing? Dinosaur House, if you have any interest in becoming a kid's book author, becoming the kid's book author for your niche, or helping your audience uh, connect deeply with their kids about what it is that you're passionate about, they're passionate about, or what they do for a living. Um, if you're just like curious about like, so I wrote a kid's book on entrepreneurship called Lucas the Dinosaur Entrepreneur. You can hear me read it for free on my YouTube channel, uh, Timmy Reads Books, um, or check me out on TikTok, Author Timmy. Awesome. I'll make sure those are all linked. Um, I appreciate Timmy. Thank you again for jumping on a, a second short episode. Um, have a wonderful rest of your day, my guy. I appreciate you. Bear Nation, go check out what Timmy's doing. Until next episode, stay well and rise up. Bear Nation, thanks for listening to the Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. 